The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Media Match. A roundtable of Cowboys insiders. Dropping wisdom. And offering sizzling takes. On the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Let's ride. Playoff edition. Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. John Show of the Athletic. Jane Slater of NFL Media. Join me right now. D'Amico Ryans, 49ers defensive coordinator, interviewing for the uh, Texans job, Broncos job. So, hey, maybe he's distracted building a team. That's the, but, that's the narrative. But, uh, no. Dan Quinn's not going to get distracted. But, uh, he's no. got an interview Friday, right? right. But, but he'll be ready to go. But this is pretty interesting because you, you're looking at Two coordinators who should not – they should not be with their current teams next year. I mean, I, I just look at, at what D'Amico has done and, and what Dan Quinn has done, and I just marvel and I just say to myself, this is what you should be looking for in head coaches here. That's just my opinion. What do you think, Jane? Oh, I, I 100% agree. I'll, I will be interested to see what Dan Quinn ultimately does, though. I know he's so loved around this facility. We've talked about it unprompted, these guys – talks so much about the culture that he's developed. I mean, even Dak Prescott told us, it was a couple of weeks ago, how this is the first year, and even today when you touched on it, what's different about this team? Mm-hmm. One was the maturity, but it was also the brotherhood. And that, for me, comes right from Dan Quinn. But he said, this is the first year I've talked so much with the defensive coordinator or you know, the defensive line coach. And so I do think that, and then particularly when you look at the way they played against Tom Brady in that playoff game on the road, I'm just curious to see if if – Jerry's going to back up the the bus and pay Dan whatever it takes to get him to stay here because, as it's been described to me, he really likes being here. I mean, sometimes there's a lot that comes with being a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a lot that comes with – because people will often ask me, where do you see yourself next? Is Is it okay just to sometimes say, I'm good with where I'm at? And so I just wonder if that's where Dan is at, given some of the struggles he had with against Seattle and then Atlanta – Maybe he likes it here. And, and this that was an excellent point, Jane, because I touched on that in conversations that Nui and I, we've had just on this panel in, in, in context of saying, I wonder, and I know that he was a front runner, and for the most part, you could say that the Broncos job was his until it wasn't. Um, but then going through that process kind of goes to my point as well. Is it arguably too soon from a Dan Quinn standpoint to say, okay, coming out of what I did, uh, what I went through in Atlanta, how things ultimately ended in Seattle – and then you put it in the context of, I got Micah Parsons here. I got Trevon Diggs, assuming the Cowboys can keep this group of talent together defensively. I've turned this team into one of the best defensive units in the, in the league. And I have generational talent, arguably at more than one position. How hard is that to walk away from, especially when the owner of the franchise has a blank check? This is the most excited I've seen Nui because to weigh he, in on a subject. He, 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 just, he's he so just ready for knows this one. that Quinn is going to leave. He just believes it in his soul. Mr. Yeah. Michelle? Yeah, I just think that these jobs only come up and so often, and there's no <laughs> guarantee that you'll even get another head coaching opportunity after the season. We all are around Dan. We think that, yeah, he'll have plenty of opportunities next year, the year after, whatever, but you just never really know. And if there is a job that you really like and that comes available – you know, there's going to be good money as being a head coach too. So I don't think I just don't think that the money thing is important. Is if he finds a good fit with another team and he feels that he can win with them, let's say Denver, uh, that's obviously the one that's thrown around the most. If he feels like 
hey, I saw what Russell Wilson did this year, and I know if I get the right guy with him, I've seen good Russell. I know what I can do. I can turn that team around. I want to be the head coach of that team. Jerry coming with an open pocketbook ain't going to make the difference. I mean, it just – the thing is, and, and I agree with Jane because I get that a lot from friends too. It would be like, so what do you want to do next? I'm like, I, I just want to cover the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, right. I don't really want to do – but and, and, I, and I do it's agree that there are – Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that are like that. I mean, I'm a huge Florida State football fan, and, and during most of the time that Bobby Bowden <laughs> – it can be a lot worse. Um, Bobby Bowden's, like it most of their time there, Mickey Andrews worse. was their defensive coordinator, and he never went to another place to be. I mean, he was fine with being in D.C. And, some, yeah, some people, are, I just don't think that Dan, I think Dan wants another opportunity to be a head coach. What is the best spot for him, though, when we talk about, I mean, does Denver make sense? I don't, I don't know does that it Arizona does. Does Arizona make sense? Does Carolina make sense? I don't know if some of these jobs are Texans, for instance. <laughs> no. Uh, I just don't know if some of these jobs are provocative. I mean, I feel like if Seattle opened up, who's not to say he wouldn't go somewhere like Seattle that. again? But I, I don't know. A, a Seattle or and, and you know the Saints are not moving on from Dennis Allen. I don't right. believe so. That's not a thing. But if that in the in the same air of what you're saying, a Seattle or New Orleans, maybe next year if things don't go well for Dennis Allen this year. Um, but. Brandon Staley, if he's not given the X by the Spanos family this offseason, if things don't go well again for the Chargers next season, Chargers have Justin Herbert. You So to your point, you don't know what the next opportunity is going to be. But and if you roll picks. the dice, the Chargers will be more provocative it next would be, year than the Broncos It would right be, now. but we also got to look at the way the NFL does business. And you think that, okay, if I wait out another year, that, that Chargers job comes open. How do you know that he doesn't get passed over, even though he might be the best candidate? Because whoever the the last decision maker is, like, no, I want this new hot shot offensive coordinator from blah 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 team, and you're just you mean like, like Denver, like Denver. Oh, we want Hackett because you know what? We also think that he can bring Aaron Rodgers with him because they're friends. That's what I'm saying. It's just it's hard for you to pass up and and wait. Like no no no, in two three years, like you just don't know. And, and then, then the other part is you could have the 2020 Dan, season where everyone gets hurt fair. and everything like that, and then you're just that's like. fair. And if he does, if that situation were to arise and he was a finalist for, hypothetically speaking, the Chargers position and he got passed over, oh, heavens be, he, the, his consolation prize is a huge check in generational talent being coached here by the Cowboys. Dan yeah. Quinn so I, has unfinished business, guys. Yeah. He's a, as a head coach, this man was minutes away from winning a Super Bowl against arguably the greatest head coach and quarterback in history. And he didn't get it done. He's got unfinished business. There's work to do. Now, what I believe Dan Quinn has been doing is saying, okay, I'm going to go here. I'm going to be where my feet are. He talks about that. Yes. And when there's an opportunity that fits me, I will go get it. I agree he with pulled it. out of some jobs last year, told Jacksonville, don't even bother because my boy Gus Bradley already told me, so I'm good. <laughs> He's going to go back here and he's going back to the burning building and he's going to go in there and finish the job. While he loves Jerry Jones and he loves what he's been able to do here, this guy's got that. And he's, as much as we all talk to him and we are in those pressures with him, you know that's there. And you just don't know that, like, we sit here and look at the situation in Denver and go, man, that looks rough, like the Russell Wilson situation, all that. But you don't know that he doesn't look at that as like, oh, I know exactly. I'll What's do this, 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 and this, and that will change, and this will change, and this will be this. But even those are not guaranteed. They're not. They're not. But you also will, you're also going into a situation, too, where the expectations will not be year one that you have to you know, necessarily have these, these big uh, success in that and that he, he could have time to build it the way that he wants to. So, let me jump back on what you said there, the viewpoint. The Dan Quinn goes into the viewpoint of, okay, I know Russell. I know the good, the bad. I know Russ. Not 
that he said it at all. But I had a conversation with Brian Schottenheimer at Tampa. And I just said, you know, think you got something for next year? You know, kind of gave me that look of, yeah. (laughs) Who also knows Russell Wilson? Brian Schottenheimer. And while Russ wanted to cook and Shotty was doing what he's doing, he, he looked a lot better with Shotty than he did with Nathaniel Hackett. Um, does Dan Quinn take Shotty with him? Well, but, he would take multiple coaches with him. But I'm just saying, from that standpoint, of, yeah. all right. I'm, that's we're, why I wonder if Jerry lets him go. We're we're going. <laughs> I don't think honestly. I, I, that's my biggest disagreement with everything you guys are saying is that I don't think it's a Jerry thing at all. I don't think he'll have any say in it. It is. Does this man want to be a head coach? And if he does, then he'll take it. it there's not a. But he could have done it last year before Russell had all of his struggles. Right. But. The, I mean, they did. To be when, fair, when they didn't know I mean, who the heard, quarterback was going to be then. At that point, this, did okay. they? Did they know who the quarterback was going to be? Not when they were interviewing. I didn't him, think so. Now, of course, that's when they still thought Rodgers was. Now, of course, potential. there was, as you know, as well as I know, as John knows, as Newey knows. I'm sure there were conversations already behind the scenes on. Well, we might be able to put this package together for for. But Russ, remember, so. Russell was sort of the after they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. Right. I mean, that one kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. to a lot right. of people because they thought so Rodgers would follow. If he didn't feel like it was appealing, then why is it more appealing now? It's my only. Argument. Because you look, look at the owners. You got put. You got some folks who got money in their pocket. But we just said that money shouldn't be. A but factor. it's also a lot of owners. But I'm talking. But of, we just said that money shouldn't be a but, factor. And yeah. if it's not they, a factor here, why would it be a factor well, there? You're the head coach. The I, I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting all the credit. I mean, the guys care about that. You, you know? also get all the criticism. If if Dan Quinn were, were to go to Denver, for example, hypothetically speaking, and can't write the ship, and you're saying, well, he wouldn't be expected to flip that. Right, like Peterson did in Jacksonville. Can't realistically expect that to happen. If it happens, great if you're that organization. If not, let's say the first one or two years are just struggle for Dan Quinn. From a head coaching legacy standpoint, the narrative then becomes Mm -hmm. failure in Atlanta. First two years can't get it done in Denver. Is this is this the Dan he's Quinn? Just a coordinator. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right now. Careful. Okay, so if that happens, you know what he'll wind up with? The exact job he has right now. There will be some team that will be like that he'll he'll have a chance to pick from because his defensive coordinator stock will still be at an all time high. That's true, and he'll get a chance to go with it. He'll get his chance to pick Phillips. a good situation too. It might not be with the Cowboys. Sit here but and see if this job correct, ever opens. Because then you have to worry about what front office are you walking into? What's the scouting department look like? Oh sure. Wise GM, are we going? Am I going to be in a situation DC wise where? They know how to Sounds scout like you know and draft talent. That's yeah. going to be able to build what I was able to build Listen, in Dallas. Patrick, All of this is a, is a conversation. Patrick, John, here's what I will say. When someone's this bullish about something, they know something. What do you know, Dewey? I don't know. I think you'll be coached Denver. That's what you there think? There you go. I do. I do. Well, first things first. You talk about him wanting to finish business. He has to finish it against the uh, his former offensive coordinator that cost him that Super Bowl against the greatest quarterback. I got to give Kyle. Sh- I got to give Kyle credit. He, you know, Kyle blew that and then bolted for San Fran and, and blew said, and blew a Super Bowl and then blew a Super Bowl. Yeah, and he said, said Dan, this he's is a all consistent yours. guy, man. Dan um, said, this is all yours, Dan. I'm out of here. So <laughs> the game notes, which we all get, and you yeah. know, yeah. I read it and I just said, oh, how about this? Do you know the last time the Cowboys won a divisional road playoff game? would have to be at least 30 years ago. Yeah, because that was the last time we <laughs> run a divisional wild card. Exactly. I mean, a wild card road game. Yeah, yeah, and let's go longer. How about January 4th, 1981, at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, Danny White, Drew Pearson put on a show in the second half, and they beat <laughs> Steve Barkowski, William Andrews, and Lynn Kane, <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons, and Lehman Bennett, the head coach, 27. I remember it. I was sitting in my room, 105 Lahardy Drive, on 
the military base in Fort uh, Hunter Army Airfield in uh, in Savannah, Georgia, and went to school and mm, taught that's my hometown. cash straight. That's my hometown. Well, Boys. as much as Mike McCarthy put all the baby photos up at the ten guys at the time before there were twelve by kick that had even been alive, not one of those guys on that team was alive in 1981. No. No, no. So that's it. I mean, just when but my the game point is, is, look, they're breaking. Re- I mean, they hadn't. Tom Brady hadn't lost a game to them. They hadn't won a game on the road as a wild card team. Dak had 15 interceptions and had zero at this game. So I, I do believe you sort of do throw the records out the window. I thought the win against Tampa Bay was particularly impressive because we hadn't seen them put together a game quite like that where we saw the defense and offense step up. Now what's I think frustrating about this team sometimes is they can't get all three phases of the game to have the perfect. I mean, have they really had a perfect game this year? Minnesota. I mean, yeah, Minnesota would be the I closest. I mean, Minnesota was the closest. The thing I like the most about the Tampa Bay game is there were there were several plays, but one that will stand out to me will always be the Dak keeper on fourth and one on the goal line. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I foolishly <laughs> believed that there was going to be more of that last year against San Francisco, Mm. that there was saving of plays, things that we didn't see. And so to see that in that Tampa Bay game, and there were other plays too, you know, to see that they had, they certainly had saved things, you know, Uh, when we were talking to Dak walking on, that's why I asked him about that. Like, how come, you know, you guys wouldn't run that? He's like, oh no, there's, there's plenty of stuff that we haven't run, you know. I've talked to people, there are plenty. And and I was told, I'm just glad that you got to see it though. When we call it, you'll know. So they have been saving stuff. Sure. Nothing like the Statue of Liberty, because I've asked multiple people, do we got something tricky like that? (laughs) Uh, But I think that that game, more importantly, gave, not that I felt like Dak ever lacks confidence, and even he said, Clarence goes, you know, was that the monkey off your back? He goes, you guys keep putting the monkey on our back. There's no monkey on our back. But I, I do believe privately, all of us, when it just feels like the hits keep coming, you sort of need that sort of win for yourself. Right. It's It's cathartic. Right. And this is a potential road of redemption for the Cowboys because you go in and all all last week they heard Brady. Hold that. Hold, hold, hold that. Hold that. That's, that's, oh, okay. that's, that's what that's the tease into the next segment. Let's do it. They talked from t- the time we were all in training camp about how they were carrying that San Francisco loss. Mm-hmm. We've heard from the quarterback our second day of the open locker room. How do we feel about this challenge for the Cowboys, a redemption tour? We'll do it next with Patrick Walker of DallasCowboys.com. We've got John Michaud of The Athletic. We've got Jane Slater, NFL Media. I'm Newey Scruggs. This is Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. 
The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America NA, equal housing lender, credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Going into the playoffs, the Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers in Santa Clara, California. And we will all be there. Patrick Walker, DallasCowboys.com. John Mishota, the athletic chain, Slater, NFL Network. I'm Newey Scruggs. So, 49ers favorites in this one. The Cowboys took on the 49ers last year at AT&T Stadium. They got beat. Um, the Cowboys at training camp when we were all there openly spoke about that loss and how it was carrying and fueling them. So here you are, the ability to make up for last year's defeat. Several players talked about in the locker room. Start with you, John. Micah Parsons, by far, the uh, the most candid. Uh, he made it very clear that they wanted the 49ers. He wanted the 49ers. Uh, and that, you know, you're going to have to go through them sometime, so why not now? Um, but I just, the quotes that... Micah had, I could see San Francisco using them as bulletin board material type things. Nothing too crazy, but he was saying things more with his chest than I felt like any Cowboys did last week. And I just feel like the Cowboys are at their best when they kind of ride under the radar. You know, there was really like, I can't even think of the most notable quote last week. There was like nothing. They were very careful about anything about Brady or anything like that. And they just, the way they came out in that game, it was like, we'll let the play do the talking and stuff like that. But Micah made it very clear that that he's looking forward to this matchup, that, yeah, they have not seen anything like this 49ers office, but made it clear that, yes, the 49ers have also not seen anything like our defense. And when he said that, it just reminded me of Tank kind of saying before the Eagles game that, you know, yeah, Jalen Hurts has done all this, but they haven't seen us. And so if you can back it up on Sunday, man, it just it makes for a great story. But if you don't, then you come back to some of these quotes the next week. I'm know? fine with it from the aspect of I think uh, Michael walked um, the line very well between being an obvious competitor and trying not to give unnecessary bulletin board material because uh, you mentioned Tank versus the Eagles, absolutely valid. But Tank versus the New York Giants in the first matchup, he called Daniel Jones Little Eli, <laughs> and that just took off. It went viral. All the disrespect. Yeah. And what did he do? He went up there and he absolutely put hands on Daniel Jones. I just so, think this Niners team can actually back it up, though. Well, they, this, you know. What Micah said 
number one, even if he had crossed the line in the bullet to board material, the 49ers know what's on the line, just like the Cowboys know what's on the line. They're, they weren't going to – there's no other gear to be found, I don't believe, in the 49ers as far as mentally coming into this game. All the pressure is on the 49ers. Most of the free world expects the Cowboys to lay an egg. Oh, it's expected. They're not going to make a playoff run. They're going to walk in. The 49ers look unbeatable, 11-game win streak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now, if you're the Cowboys, the role has flipped. The script has flipped. Last year in January, it was at AT&T Stadium. Cowboys had the better record. 49ers shouldn't have been in the playoffs. 49ers came out playing loose. Well, now all the pressure's on the 49ers. It's in Santa Clara. You are 13-4. and four. It's your 11-game win streak. Are you really going to allow the Cowboys to come in here and take this from you? Cowboys get to play loose, in my opinion, and that works in their favor. And I honestly don't think Micah said anything that controversial. I mean, he gave plenty of flowers to plenty. guys like Nick Bosa and um, Trent Williams and guys along those lines. So I think all he was doing was just basically – I mean, he talked about studying Ali. And he also said when expectations are low, you can only go up. But right. that they they love the bulletin board material. They love getting counted out counted against. And even though they were, what, three-point favorites last week, right. most people well, expected them to lose that game against an 8-8 eight and eight Tom Brady team. And I think that had a lot to do with their success. I've said this to a couple of people before the game. I, I, I said, I think they're going to pull this one off. And I think because – Dak has historically done really, really well when people have bet against him. That's that's true. Did he tell you what Ali he studied? Was it anything in particular? He said it was one specific documentary. I'm not. I'm Study, not sure which one he was when talking we were about. Kings. Boxing. You go twelve rounds is what he said. When we were kings. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a pretty good one. I could see yeah, him sitting was, down there watching. He that. was saying he was alluding. What to, an Oscar! Yeah, he was like, we hear everyone saying we can't beat them and we can't do this, and you're not as strong as them, and you can't. You know your chin is what not what their chin is, and that that, that then, yeah. and I could see him watching that, yeah. then saying this because of the whole thing it was Ali in the Rumble against the Jungle. He's taking on George Foreman, who at the time was the baddest man at the play. I mean, you think of Mike Tyson. Well, this was George Foreman was Mike Tyson before then, where except he was bigger. Mike's like five eleven, and George right. was sitting up over six feet tall. I mean, he was. Just, Boom, just knocking people out. And uh, so you watch that documentary and you just see how Ali psyched himself up for this one. And um, and I could see Parsons taking some of that and just bringing that out to the press conference yeah. about you know how he wanted to go about uh, getting after. He talked about putting on a show, too. He talked about Nick it's entertainment. Rosa, right, entertainment. That, that was Ali. Ali was entertaining as well. So I just wonder where he comes up with all of this stuff. Like every time he walks away, it's like some reporter in, in the scrum and at some points it's in me, other points it's in other people. People, it's God. That was great stuff. I just, where does he come up with his talking points ahead of these games? It's fascinating to me. You know, he it. was right. Yeah, because I thought just, I did remember him mentioning just replied, Foreman. And it was like it was the "When We Were Kings" documentary. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's one of the best quotes I, I've ever covered for sure. It's not even close. He always has something very. He's going to be a great TV analyst one day. And it's, and it's, uh, and I love what Jane pointed out. If you go back and you actually watch the video once it hits the dot com, he gave a ton of roses to Nick Bosa. He gave a ton of roses to Trent Williams. Hell, he said Trent Williams is one of the best, and he said I, that's who I want. I want the best that you have to be the best to line to up against be me be because I feel like I want to be the best and I want to test myself against that. So contextually speaking. He gave the 49ers a ton of roses, but he stopped. But it's stopped. like the Jalen Hurts thing right. where it's he, like that thing takes on yeah, a life of its own exactly. sometimes. True. He, he stopped short of all of that praise being given to the 49ers from allowing that to be viewed as, oh, well, we're scared. Yeah, He's like, like well, hey, we're, look we're at not us. intimidated. Like, they have to stop us, too. They have to stop our offense. Their offense has to go against our defense, and he's not wrong. He's completely right. Their passing defense lends itself to an opportunity. Yeah. So the last time the 49ers lost was week seven against Kansas City. 
Um, no shame in that. Uh, but look who else they've played. Should I go down the list? The Rams, the Chargers, Arizona, New Orleans, Miami, mm. Tampa, mm. Seattle, mm. Washington, Las Vegas, Arizona. So what are you saying, Jane? As EPMD once said, so what you saying? I'm just saying, I mean, everyone, just like what they did with uh, the Cowboys and the Bucks matchup, I'm like, look, there are weaknesses that you can expose. And I, I think what I needed to see from this Cowboys team, I needed to see this team step up and respond after such a tough loss on the road to Washington. That was an ugly – that locker room was ugly. It it felt deflating. Yep. But to see them come out the way that they did, particularly after they started with two, three and outs – I thought said a lot about this team. Okay. Here's the defensive ranks in points per game for the teams that Purdy has played. The Dolphins, 24th in points allowed. Buccaneers, 13th. That's respectable. Seahawks, you played them twice, not counting the wild card. 25th overall. Raiders, 26th overall. Cardinals, 31st overall. Commanders, 7th overall. The only, they only played one top 10 defense in points allowed. Cowboys are number five. Cowboys, when it comes to expected points added, which is a metric measured on offenses versus defense on a play-by-play basis, Cowboys are ranked number two behind only, not the 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles. Purdy is going to be up against it with this personnel and with Dan Quinn going against a first-year quarterback. So to Jane's point, there are some weaknesses that, uh, that can be exposed against the 49ers and this defensive unit is the team to do it. And everybody wanted to keep comparing Dak and Purdy's rookie season and that confidence heading That's into the postseason. The and remember, Dak had a lot of confidence heading into that. I think a lot of us thought this was a team that was going all the way, right? They right. were unstoppable, and they got stopped. Dak was good against the Packers. Eventually, that big, was a, that, that eventually was a head you coach. being a rookie quarterback will show up, and it's most likely going to show up in the playoffs where you're going against – Better defenses, better-minded, uh, smarter defensive coordinators. And then if you flip it on the opposite side, yes, the 49ers defense, hands down, elite, period. It's inarguable. But even that defense has holes. They like to run. D'Amico likes to run zone coverage. And when he blitz, he likes to do zone blitz. Dak Prescott, statistically the best in the league against zone coverage. He can eat against that defense. So I'm a big Vegas spread guy, and I don't look at the any – I don't look – I guess I just don't look at it the same way that you are with everyone – thinking that the Cowboys are a massive underdog. When that line came out that it was only they're four, I felt like that that looked I, I like... I see them as an underdog. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, you that, like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Because no. I was going to say, I, I don't. And, I don't and the, see them the 11-game win streak, 11-game win streak, the way the Cowboys played in Washington, there's only one game in between. You would typically think if they were going on the road to do that, that line would be like seven, eight points. Mm-hmm. It's only four because it's clearly when the Cowboys play at their best, they are a great matchup for, for being a team that can beat this 49ers team. There's there's no question at all that they can do that, and they will be the best defense that Brock Purdy has gone against. But yep. they just they have a lot of weapons over there that can cause problems, you know, especially if you don't tackle well. But that's why you need Dak that, to score that, and score often. That's it. That is it. You- 49ers live – and die off of yak. If you can minimize their yak, then Purdy is in big trouble. Yeah. You look at the 74-yard touchdown that uh, Debo Samuel scored against Seattle Seahawks in yeah, the wild card. Yeah, that's pathetic. That was a, that was a three-yard pass out to the flat. Yeah. That Debo took 71 more yards. Right. Like that. That's how they thrive. That's how Shanahan protects his rookie quarterback from yeah. making mistakes. He oh, says, "Get Debo, hands." How did Debo do against the Cowboys last year? I haven't. Uh, so it did well. Yeah. yeah. Well. So it wasn't as, tip, it wasn't as a wide receiver as him running but the ball. But here's what I thought tackle. was an interesting point also that was it Dak or I think it was Dak that brought this up. This team is more mature this year. This team, because of the continuity of the coaching staff and a lot of the personnel, they've 
they've got a better look on this team than they had heading into last year. And I think that's an important distinction. They sort of know what they're getting into this time around. I agree. Uh, I mean, and the penalties. He keeps talking about how they're not. The penalties hurt them. How many was it? Fifteen for sixty-three. Uh, it was, oh it was well, ridiculous. They a, and they got a favorable oh crew in this one. Bill Vinovich caused the calls the least amount of fifteen. You're coming off two there. Yeah. So, so look, these are these are. As I've told, I don't think it's impossible. As my, as my boss said, oh, it's, it's definitely not, not, not. No, even no, 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 no. This is going to be, I'm that, telling you, this game right, is going to be very narrative. similar to that to the, when they played the 49ers. The last, it's going to come down to that, the last couple of series in this game. It will not be a blowout either way. This is going to be a dogfight, which is also why you need 100%. your kicker to show up. We were, plan, we were planning the NFC Championship game at the TV station. My boss says to me about San Francisco, can they win? And I gave the same answer I did again at the Fiesta Bowl with TCU. Oh, they can win this. They can win. They, they they can win this. You know, this will not be a surprise. But they they can win this. So they can't beat themselves is what the guys keep talking about. Correct. When you asked about Debo though, so it, it wasn't huge in terms of catching the ball three for thirty eight, but it was him as a runner. I mean, yeah. he had 10, 10 carries, seventy two yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that was the difference maker, averaging. And now they've got Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, that does. Make there, one thing I will say about the McCaffrey thing that I think is kind of fascinating is just the from a like a player standpoint, nothing against the running backs that the 49ers have had in the past. But there's just something in a human nature that you get up for Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows that, hey, if you're not, you don't bring your A game, he will embarrass you. Some of the running backs they've had in the past for the 49ers, I don't know that players going to those games necessarily may be feeling that same way. No disrespect to those guys, but they're not Christian McCaffrey. Like I, right. I just expect that locker room to be very motivated to go against McCaffrey because and, and they've, everybody hears about him all the time. the Carolina game with him? Was it, was it two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. I'm going to say, yeah. We'll look at that before. They won. I know you want to get a break. They, they, they won, yes. But I think what, what also works in the it's Cowboys' a, favor as far as going against McCaffrey, and obviously McCaffrey is a one-of-one one when he's fully healthy and he's fired on all cylinders. But look at the gauntlet of running backs the Cowboys have gone against over the second half of the season after the Green Bay game. Like, they're, they're no stranger as a unit to, to being tasked with stopping an elite quarterback – Oh, excuse me, elite running back. So I think that works in their favor as well. And, of course – you know, having Leighton Hankins back, back and having Leighton back. You saw Leighton was just all over the field mm-hmm. in Tampa. So, yeah. Playing for that new contract. Uh, we'll to, and I'm to, not mad at him. Nope. Go to break <laughs> with what, you know, what McCarthy said after Jacksonville. It was like, these games will help us. Mm-hmm. These games will help us. Oh, yeah. All right. Final segment coming up with Patrick Walker, John Michaudin, Jane Slater. I know we scrubbed this media match on DallasCowboys.com radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, you need 
look, baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back, back to back. Media Mash. Media Mash. <laughs> it's Jane Slater's doing the McCarthy. I call it the McGritty. <laughs> the McGritty. Yes. I like it. They, hey, they went on Sunday. There were going to be a lot of Someone Cowboys fans doing that dance. Wisconsin Waddle. I'm like, give this man a little bit more credit for that. That was not a Waddle. <laughs> there will be a lot of people doing that dance if the Cowboys went on Sunday. I was happy for Mike. We, we've been around. How could you not be? We've been around Mike for three years, and when we got to training camp, it was asked right away, and the owner went right at us, blaming us for what he said about it Mike was McCarthy's uncomfortable. Johnson. Actually, it, it was even the Dan Quinn stuff in the offseason. Just even though it was like we got a wink, wink, and we did. I'm like, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and all and along, that takes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> all along the way, Mike McCarthy has. Is giving you a master class in leadership. Mm-hmm. How do you handle your job? Uh, I had talked to Jason Garrett um, before the season. They did one of those NBC Monday night, uh, Sunday night football calls. And, and I asked him and Coach Dungey about you. Know, how does he deal with this? And they both said, you know, you don't even think about that. You go coach football team. You tune all of that out. He said, because people could feel it. So just do your job. And and and, 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 and Tony was very confident. And Jason, Mike, Mike is going to do his job. And he's done his job. And here it is, game one. Here's Dak Hurt. And then uh, what was the video after they showed the game? And he's like, you got to be him, me. Yeah. Um, what he's done to keep this team not just afloat, but to keep this team and thriving and to win 12 games. We're talking about 90, what, 96? Last time they won back yeah, to back like in 12 yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, 96, yeah. Bill, Bill Clinton was the president. <laughs> Boys to men was hot. I mean, it was a Fire different world. Fire back in the day. Right, Wait, you know? Are you, are you implying Boys to men is no longer? Yes. Don't do that. Yeah, look, I'm just trying to tell Don't you, man. You know, look, I'm sorry, but I saw <laughs> they sang the national chant, the, the national anthem at the Fiesta Bowl. But it's not what so they we, once were, no, man. No one year shade. It, I'm not emotionally intelligent enough to handle the way that Jason Garrett or even Mike McCarthy. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if if I had people and my boss openly suggesting that I'm replaceable, you know me. You crumble. That, yeah, I would crumble. That crumbled. wouldn't work for me. All right, top movies from 1996. <laughs> this is Titanic. Funny. Okay. Which I saw the other day. Watch it back. It's got a, it's got a whole different. It's so different than when I was in middle school watching that. That's fair. A time to a, kill. A more grandiose. Great movie. Matthew McConaughey. 
Oh, yes, they oh, deserve right, to die. Right, and right. I hope they burn it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, that was arguably, I thought, one of his best roles. Look, both. Of them the last time the Cowboys insane. won the Super Bowl was three months before Jerry Maguire was released. Yeah. And you start to look at all the star players in Jerry Maguire in that movie. Mm-hmm. Kajana Carter. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe. By the way, Tom Cruise at that Tampa Bay Bucks game, I get the Scientology Center is like right down the street in Clearwater, but him and Hulk Hogan in the same suite was not on my bingo card. <laughs> any, I didn't, I didn't yeah, yeah, it was John Daly, Hulk Hogan, and Tom Cruise. I missed Tom Cruise literally by two seconds getting into his vehicle. I was devastated. You are going to ask him for a picture? Yeah. Have Xana do a blessing nice. on me. It's Tom Cruise. He's about tall as Hellman. Oh, little boy. guy. He's still no. Tom Cruise why does, growing why does up. Just have to catch these cocktail, trades. risky me, business. He was everything. Let me tell you something. And that was the, the having covered the Lakers and the, being in the forum when they did all the celebs did that. It was totally different when you saw how little these dudes were. Like, you? It, it really, I mean, just it. even Schwarzenegger wasn't what I thought he'd be. Like, do you ain't that much taller than me? Oh, no, yeah, he's not tall. I mean, he's just like, I mean, it, it just, it it knocks down. It really does. Prince, like, did, did Oh, tiny, that right? Guy, he's like Cavante yeah. Turpin, small, yeah. right? Yeah, they are. They, I mean, so, yeah, so I mean, it, just, it just knocks you down, did, man. Did David Hellman and Cavante Turpin deserve these strays? They're just minding their own business. No, hey, right look, now. let me tell you right now, man. <laughs> I don't watch Hellman's show, so everything I see is on the Twitter clip. Yeah. Like he puts, just like get him, stun on, get him, stun, get on, him. stun on, shady, get him, get him. Hellman. Oh, you mean that like you is... mean like because he does something called like I would it whatever yeah, they call that? Oh, like actually do some research. That's crazy how he does that. That's weird, man. It's crazy. But he maintains his composure. Because yeah, no, we him and Acho are some pretty big personalities, he's and I'm always really impressed with how Dave admits when the narrative isn't that off track, but then he also gets you back on track on that show. Yeah, for sure. No, he does a great job. I just we've talked about that the whole thing. Where I'll, I'll text him, I'll be like, I don't know how you do it, man, because I would have lost it over that. Like that's not even that thing that was being argued. There's not even any background. No one even looked no, into that. Like, they just when came he up lost with something. My respect is as a former player. You know, we always talk about, even as reporters when we cover this game, just operate in bounds, be fair. Right. And when he just came out and said Dak is whatever. A crooked letter, crooked letter. I just thought, I don't know if that would even fly at my network. Yeah, it I mean, probably just, wouldn't, me, but there's a lot of that. Just, to me, it's just lazy. It is, but there's a lot of that going on on TV, and but so that, there's a lot of copycat. That network in particular, that yeah. network. They're trying real hard. They are so behind <laughs> yeah. ESPN. So behind. So that this is the what they. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Engagement. It's just wild to me that Dave got hired to be essentially a writer, and now he's on the show every single day talking about the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. But that show. So when people tell, so when people are like, "Why are we covering the Cowboys so much?" I always laugh at them. I'm like, anytime the league has moved me around to another team, the metrics are not there. I mean, it's yeah. very easy for us to track that on Twitter, Instagram, the engagement. It's through the roof when the Cowboys win oh. or lose. That's why when people say, what's next for you? I'm like, what's next is just keeping my job. I'm pretty happy where I'm at. <laughs> well, the emails I get, you know, I always at the TV station. I always laugh, man. You know, stars in first place. I know. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, they're good. I know, you know how hockey works. We'll see in the playoffs. Yeah. See in the playoffs. But And when I have written for the morning news, they'll tell you the metrics of the numbers for the Cowboys. You know, Cowboy draft coverage, it doesn't matter the Rangers are in season. Cowboy draft coverage is, is hitting four times. When they've got the 26th pick, it's amazing. Yeah. We have 13 reporters for 31 te- or 32 teams, and they will literally move a reporter, 
you know, they'll go cover four teams here, whatever. I don't move off the Cowboys even when it's like the 26th pick. Right. I'm here for like four days straight. But you also – that and you know Jerry trades. It's all a part of it. And, yeah. and, this, and I, I tell people too, I just know how the sausage is made. I remember the year Minnesota had the number one pick in the draft in the NBA. And Carl Anthony Towns was going to go there. You know where they had everybody? There was no reporter in Minnesota. They had like Stephen A and everybody here because the Knicks had the fourth pick. And they ended up taking Porzingis and they blew it up. I just laughed like they they know which teams they want. And when right. Buck Showalter worked at ESPN, he would complain. He was like, really? And he, you know, Buck one day said it, they told the truth. You know, all we do is cover the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Phillies. And they pull, hey, they pull, pull them in the office. Hey, hey man. You're saying we're biased, you know, but they are. You know, you care about the right, you have the Red Sox, and so they care about the the, the, the first the take wasn't at the Minnesota game this weekend. First take nope. was on Monday. They could have been there Friday. Five. <laughs> Can you tell me where the smoke is for Kirk Cousins this week? I, it, it's, where is it ever? They, I think a lot of people expected he, it, so I don't think that's no, why you're here. Right. But they lost, and here's a dude that's been making cash left and right in this industry. I mean, this guy's has talk about the return on investment that's not been good. And you know, you need a first down, and you throw a three, you need eight. I mean, where is the beating for this? Well, it's man? so funny because Kyle Brand on Good Morning Football just loves to go in on the Cowboys, and now I've, I'm convinced it's a bit. But he has a huge Kirk Cousins stand, and I'm with you. I'm like. Where's the where's the Kirk conversation? I mean, it's, Where is it? It's like he didn't even play. Oh, I'm sure out there somebody and somewhere and somewhere had a conversation and it got no interest. Oh, so they Spectrum moved in. Sports yeah, in, in Minneapolis. Uh, maybe even on, it, maybe even a major station. Nobody cares. If if Kirk had that on his helmet, well, of course, it'd be so different. Yeah. So that's to my point, Kirk. You know, and, and Washington we would, itself, the it's, media it's would a strong run Kirk out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Washington is a strong play, but he's he's not. Washington, I still don't think is is that A level market like Dallas would be or New York. So, Kirk, between the two teams he's been on, he's never been in that type of market where it's like failure will get you run out of town completely and just get you the same smoke. Do it this Dak way. Prescott if Dak was playing for Minnesota, uh, it, it would be very different. Very different. And people forget Dak is a fourth round compensatory pick. Jamil Showers was above him. Doing. Yes, <laughs> that's still wild to me. Yes, and this. Uh, to the same point, Tony Romo was undrafted and got more heat and more smoke than first overall picks. Don't it? So how, how's it working? That, just that thing right there. How's that working for you? It's because the he's in Oikos commercials and covers. Sleep Number and people oh, hate on that thing. stuff. I love it. It's great. Is yeah. Kirk not in any commercials? I mean, do, they, commercials? do you Real find question. that they're demanding more from you? This week, yeah, but it's fine. Maybe when the team's team. winning, like I don't, I don't mind writing more and doing more stuff because I'm, I'm into it a lot more. To, to be honest with you, I mean, I think I told you this before. My, my biggest fear is that they were going to lose that game on Monday night, and then I got to try and come up with, yeah, I'm real interested to write these draft articles like anyone cares right now. You just went 12 wins, 12 wins, first-round playoff loss, first-round playoff loss. I'm sure everyone's going to be real psyched about what they do with a mid-20s pick. This is going to be so fun. And then they're not going to do anything in free agency, and I got to try and sell that. So them winning on Sunday, I mean, on Monday night was great because we it's all like, eat good when it happens. Yeah, because it, but also it's not just that, but it's just there's been a lot building to this. They needed to have some success, some postseason success to show that hey, they're building in the right direction. If you just lose again in the first round, then it's like, well, how, how's it any different than last year? Why should I care about this team this year? So, and I had said that even before the game, I said, you know. In order for him to rewrite this narrative, he's got to have success in the postseason. I mean, that's any Cowboys quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Tony Romo. He will always be remembered for his lack of postseason success. Ahead of that game, he was 1-3. He had six touchdowns and three interceptions. You sort of now forget about that given that one game against Tom Brady. That'll be part of his legacy now. 
And now all he has to do is march into San Francisco, play loose, and uh, against the rookie. Because that's what that's what Shady will say. He lost to a horse. Knock him off their horse. Let's knock him off their horse. All right, fun conversation. Appreciate it, Patrick Walker. We didn't John even talk Schoen. about the kicker. He was six for six today. He was six for six in the wind. Yeah. Okay. Since I'm not in tomorrow, I gave my prediction. I said Cowboys win 24-23. Oh, so you're leaning on Cowboys too on a money Maher field goal. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be a redemption mm. story? Carrying a man off Rocky, which which. But isn't it just perfect given how the season has gone, time and again, resiliency? Or it's how always about the, the guy first who game had of the, the bad season. Game. He's the only one who had the points. They, I go back to, uh, and the part of me thinking of this is. <sighs> that feels like a lifetime ago. I know. When uh, Fossil's guy, Zerline, screwed mm. up the Tampa game with the four. Yep. The four, the four points. The four points. The next week, they go out to L.A. against a good Chargers team, and you're like, man. Which was insane. And you're like, man, they could be 0-2, and then what, where are you going to be at 0-2? And just look at, and uh, Zertline ends up winning it, and, and, and McCarthy gives him the game ball. So maybe McCarthy but just – give credit yeah. to Fossil. I love the way that he fights for his guys, and yeah. even just the way that he sounded off about him on Tuesday I think was a big the, deal. The thing that makes me most nervous that's different from that scenario, though, is that – in that scenario, you're going from road to – you're playing inside. This, you're going from road to road where – because I'm telling you, I would have a lot of confidence that he gets it right back on track if this game on Sunday was at AT&T Stadium, you know, a place he's used to kicking at. It's inside, no weather condition or anything like that. This game, you just don't know. It's a coin flip. If it's it, 20 miles per hour. I was going to say, it was today. a steady 11, and it gusted up to 20, and uh, oh, he was still I, I guess when I was, was out there, them. I guess when I was out there, man, I missed the 80,000 oh, 80, fans. I don't know where they were at. <laughs> oh, that, but maybe they were there. I just didn't see them. <laughs> they piped in that crowd noise. You missed yeah. it. It's just so Cowboys that uh, to assume that the guy who had a very bad game will bounce back and have yep. a very good game because that's been the tale of their season. Hey, sure. Dak said it best. You know, look at me against Washington. And there you now, go. So, right? yeah, and there you go. All right. I'll see you all in San Francisco. That's Media Mash. Take care. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!